Hello, welcome to Audio Blobs. Uh, I'm Danny. I'm Matt. Hello, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm very well. Thank I'm you. Good. You're just supping on Ribena. Oh, I love a bit of Bina. <laughs> uh, this, we're going to be looking at some more bits and pieces this week. Yep. Um, I've got some wibbly wobbly modulation. Wibbly wobbly modulation. Well, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Okay, go for it. Um, so, uh, this week I thought I'd have a look at uh, one of my favorite chorus pedals, which is the TC Electronics uh, Corona. So this thing's been on my board for a very long time, pretty much since I picked it up. Um, I was living with a, another guitarist at the time, and he picked up one of these. And in honesty, I have I went and tried it out, and immediately went to a local music shop and bought one. And and that's it. You know, my one has been used so much. The power cables held in with gaffer tape and <laughs> and everything. And I just can't. I need to replace it at some point. But you know, needs must. Um, so it is the kind of flagship chorus pedal, um, and it's a very kind of you know simple, easy to use uh, chorus pedal. But it sounds absolutely awesome. Um, it's got their kind of their tone print technology stuff, which I'll go on to in a minute. Um, but it's also got this really lovely feature, which is called the tri-chorus. Um, but so a quick pedal overview. You can run it um, with stereo in and stereo out. So if you've got a big wide rig, you've got two cabs on stage or two amps or whatever, you can run two separate feeds, which is kind of cool. You can do this with a lot of their stuff. So I've got the flashback on this board as well. You can run both of those in stereo, which I have to say sounds great with like the ping pong effects and yeah, stuff like that. Really. Wicked. It's got uh, something for the speed, effects level, the depth and the tone. And they all do exactly what they say on the tin. You know, it's very, very simple. Easy. Um, there's also a little uh, three-way toggle switch, which is chorus, tone print, and the tri-chorus. So I've just loaded up. I'm going to put this on the tri. I'm going to put this on the chorus setting to start mm -hmm. with, and we'll play around with that. Uh, so again, I'm running through a Telecaster into um, Danny's Laney. So this is just my dry guitar signal. I say minor chord for you, um, and this is with the standard chorus. Which is quite a Does deep, quite wide. Yeah. It's quite a lot. Um, so obviously you can fiddle with all the parameters on there. So if we change it so that it goes a bit faster. Um, so everything at the minute is set at about one, two o'clock, but the speed's turned all the way up. So 80s. It's very 80s. <laughs> um, it's a cool thing it's a lovely lovely sounding little bit so obviously you can take this to again the complete extremes no it's way too much um, <laughs> so uh, I'll reset the pedal back and we'll have a look um, at the tri-chorus setting so I tend to run everything just past 12 o'clock it's kind of like my standard default setting okay. um, which is kind of quite slow so that's without that's with and that's on the tri-chorus setting and right? that's on the tri-chorus setting okay. so uh, the way chorus works obviously you'll know this is but it it modulates the sound so it makes everything slightly it's like using a tremolo on a strat so it pulls everything slightly sharp and then everything slightly yeah 
flat. Um, with the tri-chorus, what it does is it gives you three signals. So it gives you the sharp signal and the flat signal at the same time, the same distance apart from the original signal. Okay. And the original signal. So you have an in-tune guitar constantly throughout the whole lot, but you also have either side of it. So you end up with that space that a chorus gives you and the movement, but doesn't kind of sound horrible and out. So when you've got a lot of depth or you've got a lot of the effects level, unlike with the other setting where you can really feel it moving left and right or up and down, I should say, um, with this one, it doesn't. So if I turn the effects, so the effects level and the depth up. It doesn't sound as disconcerting. It, exactly. Which I found, um, if you're using it a lot on your gig and you've got a vocalist that is sensitive to that uh, particular effect, um, it makes it makes it much easier it to pitch off of. Yeah, absolutely. So it still gives you that kind of multiple guitar feel if you're the only guitarist yeah. on a gig, which is cool. Um, so that's the tri-chorus setting, which, um, to be fair, I always, I just leave it on the tri-chorus setting and then and go from there. Cool. So a little bit about TC. They've been doing loads and loads. You will find thousands of videos. Um, but they've also been working with a lot of artists to create their own personal profiles, which is what's called their tone print kind of selection. So... On the three-way toggle switch, I've got a little tone print option, and I've got the same on the flashback as well. And it allows you to access this database, which TC have, which gives you access to everyone's personal presets. presets. Yeah. yeah. So if I flick that onto the tone print, I've preloaded this with um, Guthrie Govan's, um I think he's called it Colin. I think he's called his <laughs> preset, which I, I love. Um, oh, which is, yeah, absolutely, absolutely genius. So this is Colin. Which is a lovely thing. Yeah, it's nice. It's a beautiful that thing. That really good. Um, and to be honest, I've like, there's a lot of, of different things. So the tone print technology um, is... Not hugely revolutionary in terms of um, presets, and well, it's, no, it's you know just bringing it's bringing presets to pedals. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, like when you used to used to buy a pedal, a Boss pedal. I remember specifically, Boss used to do this, and they'd have a page in the back of the manual which yeah. had a, a load of settings, which would show you where the where the knobs were set to. Yeah, and you'd try them out, and it also they often left like blank ones, so you could write in your own. Yeah. If anybody ever wrote in I don't know. their own personal settings. But it's the <laughs> same idea, but now they TC can upload as many of these online as they yeah. want. And when they work with artists and stuff, they can they can use this as a promotional thing to get that guy's particular effect exactly. so dialed in. Exactly. And so, give it to you in a convenient way that you can put it on a pedal. Yeah. So the way you get this onto the pedal, so uh you go on to the app store, whether it's I think they've got a, an Android version of this as well. Um, and the Android app, what is it, the Google Play Store or yeah. the Apple App Store, um, and you search for Tone Print, and you get this little app, and then you download the app, and then you access that, and it gives you everything. So we're looking at the Corona, so I can search by product, and I can click on Corona, and there are, you know, I don't know, 50 maybe different examples of people who have 
uploaded one. So there's an Andy Summers walking on the moon chorus. So oh, if cool. we load that on. So what happens now with the pedal in um, the tone print version, I turn the volume on my guitar all the way up. And then uh, with my phone, I hit the button that says beam to pedal. So you then hold the the speakers of your phone up to whatever pickup you've got selected. So I've got the bridge pickup selected and I just simply hit beam to pedal. So hang on. And that's it. The little LED flashes green for a second and it says that it's been uploaded. So now my pedal should sound different than it did before. It's really smart. It's a genius, genius thing. So, I mean, this is a, a great little pedal. I've had it, to be honest, I haven't really explored the tone print stuff too much because I kind of know what I like from my chorus pedals. Yeah. Um, so I just have it set on the on the tri-chorus setting and, and everything at about sort of half past 12, one o'clock kind of setting. Um, it's a good, solid design as well. You know, it's exactly how you would expect it to work. It's been stood on thousands of times yeah. and the buttons being absolutely oh, yeah. fine tc make great stuff yeah exactly you well you've been using the um the amps for, yeah and i've uh, got one of their uh reverb pedals i can't remember what it's called but that's yeah. great as well so yeah a, amazing pedal and that's pretty much it so they do a lot of stuff they do a, a huge range of these they're about boss sized kind of pedals they do a, a big range of this stuff and everything's got the tone print so there's lots of tone prints for all the delays and the phasers and the flanger um, the reverb pedal, obviously the chorus is here. Um, they, I think they've done now a couple of overdrive and distortion versions as well, and there's presets for all of those. You can do, you can get the tone print stuff on the bass heads. Yeah, you so can. You can download guys who've set, you know, uh, whoever's way they've set their head. Yeah. You can download it and, and play it through your pickup and it'll set the settings, you know, the EQ settings and compression settings and things like that that TC have on their heads. Yeah, um, it'll set all that up. It's quite interesting. I don't think this is doable on your phone yet, but I know on uh, you can get a, a desktop plugin, a desktop download, and an iPad download, which allows you to edit way more parameters. Oh uh, yeah, I've seen this. Yeah. So this is obviously how you know TC have sat down with whatever artist and they've dialed in exactly what tone, way more parameters than the four that are on the pedal. Yeah. Um, and you can get this on the iPad, and I think there's a desktop download as well, which you can get through um, tcelectronic.com. Um, if you just search Tone Print Editor, you'll you'll find it. Um, and it allows you to change almost everything about the pedal. And then that is your own preset, and then you just beam it straight to the Oh, uh, okay. So then you just beam that the normal way. You don't yeah. then have to plug a USB cable in and upload it I to your pedal or something like that. I don't think so. It does have a USB. It has a mini USB port right, on the back okay. of the pedal. So I'd have to do a little more research. Sorry, it's a bit of a bit of a rushed one. Um, yes, there is a desktop version. Um, and whether that is either then beamed straight in or, or whether you USB it up. Or whether you USB, Potentially. yeah, I you could probably it, do both. I think there might be. I think there might be a way that you can do both. But super flexible. Like they're like the some of the most flexible little pedals that I've ever come across. Really, it kind of just does. The thing is with TC is it does a lot of things very well in a very small manageable package. Yes, that's what they're quite good at. I think what I like about it is there's this whole depth of stuff that you can go into. You can change every parameter. You can beam other artist profiles to it. You can change anything that you want to 
Or you can do what I did when I got my hands on it. Stick it straight on the tri-chorus setting, get a sound that I like, and then and leave it. And leave it. Yeah. And you don't have to touch it. Like everything on my pedal board is just set. I know where every dial goes. I get to a gig, make sure they're all in the same place. Yeah. And then that's it. And I'm done. Cool, man. So yeah, little nice pedal. little pedal. Lovely yeah. little thing. And it stacks quite well with other pedals as well, which I like. With other chorus pedals. <laughs> Too much I've chorus. Always, I've always had a real issue with chorus in that I'll dial in as much as I think is necessary. Mm-hmm. And then I play on a gig or I put that thing back into a mix. Yeah. And it just disappears. Yeah. And then I keep dialing and I keep dialing and, I, and I'm like, more chorus, more chorus, more chorus, more chorus. And then suddenly... I just yeah. So I've got the Boss CEB three, okay, which is the bass chorus one. So the uh, the Boss choruses have been lovely. Some of that stuff's been. It's great. really good. It sounds really good, and it was on my board for quite a while until I realised I just wasn't using it at gigs. I yeah. wasn't stepping on it because by the time I'd got enough chorus for it to to really add something to my tone, mm. it had taken so much of my original tone away. Yeah, that it was uh, it was just unusable. Yeah, completely. And I, and I found that. I think it's a it's a very specific thing on bass anyway, far more so than guitar. Guitar, it's just a, another effect, kind of thickening well, effect. Yeah, because I, I do a lot of gigs where I'm the only, you know, I don't have a keyboard player, I don't have another guitarist. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I, I don't have that other backup. So I use it as make my one guitar sound bigger and wider than it is. Um, yeah. End of discussion. End of discussion. <laughs> uh, but yes, we shall post I'd another. I'd be interested to plug my bass into it at some point. Yeah, definitely. Might I mean, there's um, there's plenty of, of, of scope to do that. Yeah, see how it handles it. Definitely. Cool. Okay, so I've been, not even specifically this week, actually, I've been using uh, Isotope's Neutron plugin. Okay. I've been using it for a few weeks. I got it pretty quickly after it came out. There was a lot of hype around it. Uh, for for good or for bad, yeah. Um, and we'll talk about why in a second. Um, but I bought it when it came out. I've used it quite a bit. I'm a big fan of Isotope. They make uh, ozone, which is their kind of mastering. For a long time, I thought it was just their mastering bit of software, but actually, it's just great, great mixing software. It's okay. EQs and compressors and stereo images and everything like that, and it's absolutely brilliant. Cool. Um, they make a they make a load of different stuff. It's generally very well made. The interfaces are really kind of understandable, really nice, and they've brought that theme across into Neutron really well. Okay. Uh, it's everything's where you expect it to be. Everything's really clear. So what is it? It's EQ. So it's a Neutron is a channel strip. Okay. So it's got an EQ. It's got two compressors. It's got an exciter, and it's got a transient shaper. Okay. And this is all built wow. into one. Now, if you buy Neutron itself which is uh if we just have a look it's 249 dollars okay. now their stuff goes on offer all the time and if you if you own ozone or any of their other products yeah you can um you can get like a cross grade type thing which is heavily discounted as well if you buy neutron advanced it is a hundred dollars more so 349 dollars but you get each of the actual aspects of the channel strip as a separate plugin Oh, okay. So you can you can put the EQ on as a separate plugin. You can put the compressor on as a separate plugin. It seems like a lot of money to pay when you can just turn all. If oh, you only want to use the EQ, just have the EQ as the only one switched on in the yeah. plugin for the sake of a hundred dollars. Yeah, it seems a lot. 
But it does a couple of really, really interesting things that nobody really kind of has done before. Okay. So uh, if we, we'll just have a, I'll have a, a quick look and I'll show you, walk you through kind of what you've got and then we'll talk about what it can really do. They're kind of really exciting stuff. So you've got a standard EQ. Uh, it's got kind of eight potential nodes you can switch on, low, low filter, high filter, all of the standard stuff you'd expect from an EQ. Yeah. It's also got a dynamic section to the EQ. So you can have an EQ node and you can make that EQ node dynamic so it only reacts when it senses that uh, frequency, frequency is there. Oh, wow. So it'll only cut it out appropriately. So okay. that's kind of useful. Um, that was something they brought in with Ozone. So it's really nice to see that they're kind of, obviously people are valuing this kind of stuff enough for them yeah. to bring it over to this. That's cool. You've then got two compressors. Each compressor can be potentially up to three bands. They're all completely independent of each other. That's the case with both of them. Oh, wow. Uh, both of them have got this like vintage mode or just their standard mode. Both of those, the vintage mode and the standard mode, have slightly different characteristics to each other. Uh, they've done a lot of this with their Ozone stuff. You can get the the vintage compressor. Sure. And and it's just it's just a different style of compressor, okay. basically. It's just, you get a different sound out of it. You push it a bit harder, it reacts slightly differently, all of this stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're, they're just two compressors. Uh, you've also got an exciter. Again, this can be three separate bands. So you can split these up, or this can be just a general exciter. And within that, it's got four settings. So it's got retro tape, tube, and warm. And it's quite nice. It's got this little graph thing, and you can actually blend. So you can leave the dot in the middle, or you can take it all the way to the top left-hand corner, which is all the way to retro. Or you can go halfway between retro and tape. And again, that's just a different... That's the, the, the kind of distortion that it adds, the harmonic distortion and stuff yeah. that it adds is just a different quality of okay. a different quality of saturation, essentially. It's kind of using it almost like a the same way you'd use like a like a presence or tone knob, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, completely. Uh, and then finally there's this transient shaper, uh, which again is three bands. Everything on here can be three bands. Wow. Um, so you can split that's How a lot you, of parameters that you can adjust. It's a huge amount of parameters. Amount. Yeah, you can do a lot with this. You really can. The transient shape has got multiple different uh, different settings okay. for how it how it handles the transients. And obviously, if you're splitting your transients up into three different bands, you're choosing how the low end of it's being affected in comparison to the high end of it. Yeah, really useful. Like multi-band transient shape is really useful for kicks and snares and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And drum kits in general on drum buses sound yeah. great. But it's nothing, there's nothing there that nobody's done before. And there's nothing there that Isotope hasn't done before. It's the just, thing is, it's all in one place, isn't it? It's all in one place, yeah. You can swap them around so you can compress a little and then you can EQ and then you can properly compress or you can EQ. And then what I tend to do is EQ and then kind of an overall uh, compression of like a single band. Yeah. Uh, and then split the bands up and, and, and a more intense multi-band compression yeah. on it afterwards. But what it has got that's different and what is the thing that caused all of the uh, hype about it on the internet and a yeah. lot of the kind of controversy, as it were, uh, is it has a button called Track Assistant. Okay. And what this will do is you put it on your, uh, whatever you want to use it, put it on your vocal track or something. You yeah. hit the track assistant button and it listens to the track. It listens to the uh, individual piece of audio that it's been put on to work on. And it kind of figures out a preset for you. Oh, wow. 
so it will duck out what it does. I'm not entirely sure how it works. <laughs> it's with the the EQ is quite obvious. What it does is it listens for kind of horrible frequency buildups in certain areas, and then it just drops them out. It and essentially it does that kind of mid sweep thing that yeah. you do manually. It essentially just does it for you. Okay. Um, How does that work with like compression and stuff like that, though? Well, I don't know. I think I think it must be listening across. It must be going. It does. It does work out what it's listening to. Okay. So when you hit track assistant, it will come up and it'll tell you that it thinks it's drums okay. or it'll tell you that it thinks it's bass guitar or something like that. Right. So, so is then it working off presets? Is it kind of going, you know, I've been programmed that if I'm listening to a drum kit, I need to probably adjust. The these. way I like to think it is they're dynamic presets. So okay. it understands that if it's listening to a bass guitar, it's going to want to cut EQ here. It's going to want to boost EQ there. Yeah. It's going to want to uh, compress quite heavily, probably across a single band. Um, but then what it does is it tailors that kind of knowledge it has, that preset knowledge it has, to the piece of audio you're working on. So if it, if you play it a piece of bass guitar and it trigger, it goes to boost at say 120 hertz or something, and it goes, oh, actually, that frequency buildup is kind of dominating. It'll cut it instead. And How does it know that it would be dominating? I have this no idea. Thing. I have genuinely no idea. <laughs> How it knows what sounds nasty and what sounds nice. Okay. But it does. Um, if you if you look at it after the fact, you look at the EQ and you push up the nodes where it's cut. Yeah. It's cutting the nasty stuff. It is getting rid of the stuff that doesn't sound good. Okay. So it's obviously noticing something in terms of frequency. Yeah. And it obviously has it's obviously been been programmed with knowledge that yeah. you know, a kick drum you don't want to be cutting it, like low cutting it up to 100k because you're going to lose all of the kick drum content. Yeah. Um, 100 hertz, sorry. It caused a lot of issues because mixing engineers and stuff said, well, that's my job over then. Because who's to say that you can't just put this, get a mix up, put it on every single track, hit the track assistant button, and it'll be done. But it's not, but that's not what it is. It doesn't. That's not how it works because it doesn't really listen in context, and it's still so subjective. You know, it, it yeah, might completely. push it might push your bass at 120, but actually, you know, you might listen back to it and go, actually, I need to bring that back down because yeah. it doesn't sit. Right. What it's really great for is it's great for giving you a preset as a starting point. Mm. It's I the way I use it is I load it up, I hit the track assistant button, and then I go, why has it done that? And I look at what it's done. Yeah. And I play around with it and I'm like, why does the plugin think that this should be cut here and boosted here? And why does it think it should be compressed in this way and all of that stuff? Yeah. And it's just a really great channel strip. So quite a few times it will be the only thing I've put on a track. Yeah. Because it's got everything I need in there. You know, a couple of compressors and EQ, transient shaper, all of that. It's yeah. all in one place. I'll often uh, open up a plugin and I'll open up a preset as kind of a really good starting point, but it's never that's okay, cool, preset done, move on, next thing. Yeah. It's okay, preset now what works in this context, what doesn't work in this context. I suppose it just it, gets you in a ballpark and it and this is gets you in a very, very good ballpark. So I suppose it's like it's like you would mix live, isn't it? If you were mixing if you were the sound engineer on a live gig, you know, you might load up a preset about, you know, okay 
last time Danny's vocal sounded like this when he did a gig. But actually, yeah. the room has changed, so you yeah. need to adjust and that. And the context may have changed yeah, slightly, exactly. or the microphone may have changed, and so you adjust that preset. That's what this is doing. Is It's essentially like you recorded that person before, and you built a preset for them then. Yeah. Now, what do you need to change? It, yeah. it gets you in a really good place. It gets you in a really good place with clients for listening. So I'll chuck it onto something, use track assistant. Okay, yeah. that's got me most of the way there because that's when I need to be working really quickly. Yeah. That's got me most of the way there. Hit play and adjust things if ever you, so slightly as we're listening back to them. If you've got the guy you're working with in the room that wants to listen back pretty immediately, this yeah. is going to get you a percentage of yeah. the way there. I think either it gets you about 75% of the way there. Mm. Or it sends you in completely the wrong direction. It does okay. one of two things. Okay. Um, you has it ever choose... sent you in the wrong direction? It has sent me in the wrong direction a few times. Okay. Uh, I don't like, and this, as you said, is completely subjective. I don't like what it does with electric guitars. Okay. Um, it goes straight in there with a the high pass and low pass filter and starts just kind of honing them down into a very specific set of frequencies. Yeah that just don't work on all electric guitars. I understand yep. what it's doing. Most electric guitar amp mic presets yep. on, on uh, other channel strip plugins will do the same. Yeah. Um, I understand what it's trying to do. It's not how I like them to sound. Um, it compresses the hell out of electric guitars. Well. Yeah. You can choose how much. So if you there's a little drop-down menu on the track assistant thing, and you can choose for it to be between subtle, medium, and aggressive. And you can also choose the type of thing that it's going for. So you've got uh, broadband clarity, warm and open, and upfront mid-range. And so the, those are the three different kind of profiles okay. it's been set with. Okay, so it can you can tell it it's it, that's its pre-existing programming. Yeah, I find it's best set on aggressive, believe it or not. Okay, but then I'm from the school of thought that if something sounds good, boost it. Like, yeah, like yeah, for you know, sure. these guys are like, oh, why you don't don't boost more than five dB? No, if it sounds good, I'll boost the hell out of it. Yeah. Um. So I find that, I find that subtle doesn't do anywhere near enough. Medium sure. is often okay, but aggressive is where you really hear it. It really gets into the kind of the area that I would be EQing things and compressing. Okay, things. cool. Um, but those are your options there. So it's not just hit and go. You can you can alter how how it's reacting to sure. your signal. Can we put this on something to have a listen? We can put this on something. I will. Let's put it on a drum bus. Yeah put it on a drum bus and we'll see what it does and then we'll talk about what it's done and why it's done it cool so i'll just get the drum loop going and then we'll stick it on there and see if it works okay so that's the individual drums have been dealt with yeah compressed and eq'd and everything and then we've just taken all bus processing off it so i've got this on the stereo drum bus so if I hit track assistant, you'll hear it make some odd noises for a second. Okay, so if we go through what it's actually done, it's put a high pass filter on yep. overall. Uh, it's put a little dip at about 190 hertz, a dip at about 300 hertz, and then a really wide boost. Uh, the center is about two kilohertz. So if we bring up, if we listen in this 300 hertz, if we pull up the node that it's dipped out for us and listen to what it's doing, 
kind of real boxiness in the kick drum. Yeah, yeah. And and that kind of low end ring in the snare yeah. drum as well. Bring it out. Admittedly, now I've pulled it out much more extreme than it did. Yeah. Um, same with the the one around 190 hertz. That's kind of so that, that kind of flappy. Yeah. yeah. So we can pull that out as well. And it's tightened it up. I would have okay. So I would have pulled out a bit more of the kick drum. The kick drum doesn't sound great in this. There's some just about there. So around 110 hertz. There's some nastiness in the kick drum. So I would have pulled that up, and I would have probably boosted just before the low cut a bit more. It's also put a two-band exciter on. Uh, one is everything below. It's interesting though. Has it changed the order of the things that it's are on it? It's changed the order of the things that are on it. Yeah, because so I just it's noticed switched it. off the transient shaper. It's gone. I don't need that. It's switched off the second compressor. It's decided it doesn't need that, and it's put on. The EQ first, followed by the exciter, followed by the compressor. Okay. And you can see, if you look down here, it's actually identified that as drums. It's oh, yeah. figured out that it's drums. Okay. So it's also got this uh, compressor on. It's done at one band. The ratio is five to one. Uh, the threshold's quite high. So we're getting anywhere between four and five dB of gain reduction on there. Yeah. It's a it's a fairly standard. It's, it's nothing. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. nothing exciting. It's nothing. But bearing in mind, this was on uh, medium on broadband clarity. Okay. So let's go to warm and open, and stick it on aggressive, and we'll hit track assistant again and see sure. what it does this time. Okay, so we've got a couple of extra nodes in yep. the EQ this time. It's it's boosted a little bit lower, so it's it's boosted uh, between what have we got there? Between about 600 hertz and about one kilohertz. Yeah. Um, and it's got a high shelf that's lifting everything above kind of one kilohertz. So it's boosted everything basically from yeah. 500 hertz up. We still got those cuts in about the same place. Uh, the exciter's gone to three bands now, so we're separately exciting far more aggressively in the mids and the highs. There's yeah, much more drive going on. Um, it's left those in the same order. It's added in an extra compressor. It's as added well. in an extra compressor, so we've still got we've still got our one band compressor, yeah. much higher ratio now. We're at ten to one, um, and we're still getting about three to five dB yeah. pulled off the top of it. But in front of that, we've got a three-band compressor um, with various settings across most aggressively in the bottom end. Yeah. So we're getting well over 5 dB of compression in the bottom end. In the middle, we're getting almost 10 dB of compression going on. So it's it's compressed it far more aggressively. The EQ hasn't been as aggressive, but it, it knows what it's doing. Yeah, so it's, if it's... we just listen before and after real quick, before... And after, it's a little bit louder, but it's brought it's brought everything up. It's added a lot more clarity to it. Um, it's just made it sound how 
you know, how you would naturally, that's how I would naturally have EQ'd and compressed a drum kit. You know, yeah. you make everything a little bit tighter. You make the things that need to stand out, stand out a little bit more by boosting the relative bits in the EQ. You compress the bits and pieces that are kind of, that need squashing and the stuff that's ringing out. You just, you know, you get rid of all of that kind of stuff. It just does exactly what I would expect to do to a drum kit anyway. Yeah. It just gives you that great starting point. So like you said, you know, you'd be probably moving a couple of those nodes down a little bit more and maybe increasing a couple of bits and pieces. But, you know, as you said earlier, it gives you like the the best or, you know, what I would consider to be a good starting point. A really good starting point. Yeah. yeah. And it's you can learn from it as well. You can learn why has it done this? Why did it why did it create this? Yeah, completely. Which is quite good. Um I don't think we need to stick it on anything else to listen to how it does it, but there is one more thing that we need to talk about, which is this masking setting within the EQ section. Okay. Um now if you've got this is maybe what I was saying earlier where it can't listen to the other tracks. So if you've got a drum kit and a bass guitar. Yeah. Now you're always going to have problem frequencies with your kick drum and your bass. They're always going to be getting in the way of each other. Now what you can do is you can click the masking button on the EQ and there's a drop down menu whereby you can select any other instance of Neutron you have running in your application. So okay. in Pro Tools or Logic or whatever. And it will put the two EQ curves in front of each other so you can see both of them. So if you open up your kick drum EQ and you select masking and you go to your bass EQ, it shows yeah. you both of them at the same time in front of you. Okay. And then it has like a histogram which shows you any frequency buildup between the two of them. Yeah. So if you're getting a load of frequency buildup at say 60 hertz, yep. which is likely with kick drum and bass drum, yep. it'll show you where it's stacking up. And what you can do is you can then move the EQ nodes for either your kick drum or your bass drum in that single instance of the plugin. Or you can switch on a button which is inverse link, whereby anything you do to one, the opposite is mirrored in the other EQ. Oh, wow. So if you cut 50 hertz in your bass... It'll boost it in the kick drum. It will boost 50 hertz in your kick drum. Oh, so wow. So it'll, it'll affect the other plugin that's open in your door. Really, really clever. So if you've got... That's I mean, really useful. Uh, yeah, it's a clever. Yeah, it's, really, it's, a clever it's really thing, clever. Isn't it? I mean, there's other EQs that do similar thing. Uh, Pro Q2 does it. I know that um, DDMF's EQ does that. It has a little drop down menu on the left hand side. Yeah. So you can compare how your, you know, you can get your base EQ up at the same time next to your, you can overlay them. Yeah. And you can see and you how. you can manually do Yeah, it. manually change each EQ. Yeah. Um, but this is, this is really clever. You can change the sensitivity of how much it shows you there is a frequency buildup in that area so you can set it to exactly where you want it yeah and then you can go okay where are my problem frequencies yeah i don't think compared to a lot of people i don't think it's cheating i don't I think, think it's, it's cheating it's i just... think it's just a really useful tool yeah that helps you get where you need to get and it helps you get there quicker and i think that's really important in a lot of the work i do I, I mean, just I, need to I need to get that sound I've got in my head. We've talked about this before. I need to get it done. I need to get it done as quick as possible because yeah. time is money, as yeah. they say. Yeah. Really. Um, I mean the thing the thing for me is it's not cheating. It it's it's you know, I would certainly never put this on, leave it to do its thing, and then that's it. And, and then, then it's done. Away. And yeah. I wouldn't ever not check the EQs. I wouldn't ever no, not check course. the compression. You know, I would always go back and check everything. 
go and, back and, I, and, and, as I said, question why it's done it as well. Yeah. Because I think in that regard, it's a really useful learning tool. I certainly wouldn't dismiss it because, you know, it's going to steal your job or That's it's cheating or, or whatever like that. I, it, it so isn't, you know. I think you're completely right. A lot of people assumed it was a set it and forget it kind of thing, which it's not. Yeah. It's a, it's a really helpful tool and I've learned from using it. And I think as far as channel strips go, it's the best one I've used. It's got, it's the, the EQ in it's brilliant. It's Ozone's EQ. They know what they're doing with EQ. Yeah. The multi-band compression in it is absolutely lovely. It's amazing on vocals. Um, so it's a, it's definitely a go-to thing for me these days. It's a really, really good bit of kit. And uh, there is a trial, so you can go and get a trial for it. Yeah. I think it's a 15-day trial. That's pretty good. Um, but as with everything, you know, uh, I'd recommend trying it before you get it. Always. But I mean, I, I downloaded the trial and I think I bought it a couple of days later. Excellent. Anyway, we talked about that a lot. We did. We talked about that endlessly. So we shall uh, call it uh, call it a day there. Indeed. You can uh, go away and uh, find us on Instagram. Go at, away. Go away and find us. Uh, Instagram is at Audioblobs. Twitter is at Audioblobscast. And Facebook is forward slash Audioblobs. Come and find us. Say hello. Drop us a link to anything that you find interesting and cool. Um, or if there's something you'd like us to review or look at, then please give us a shout. Awesome. Awesome. All right. See you next time. See you later on. Bye.